0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Flight Test Podcast this week. Um, I'm James Warmsey, your host, and today we have a great episode for you. uh, The first one of 2019, all about ultimate scratch build projects. So something that's very near and dear to Flight Test's DNA um, and to, I'm sure, a lot of your passions and interests. So hopefully you're going to find this um, quite an interesting episode. uh, And we're going to be hanging out with one of our prominent community members, Joshua Orchard. So yeah, I'm sure a lot of you are going to get a lot of value from this podcast and find it very interesting. Before we jump into this podcast, though, um, I just wanted to say I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday over the Christmas season if you're in a part of the world that uh, celebrates that kind of thing. Um, 2018 was an awesome year, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what 2019 holds for flight tests and the flight test community and seeing all of the the great things that uh comes out of it and yeah it's going to be it's going to be brilliant. Um going back to the podcast though. Um we have a yeah a really great episode for you today. Uh, Josh Orchard is well known for his highly detailed projects um that he makes using a variety of techniques. One project that you might know Josh for uh, is his Bugatti 100P, which was featured at Flight Fest 2017, I believe it was, um, at the Ohio Flight Fest, and yeah, that thing is just a absolute magnificent marvel of foam board and uh, foam aircraft design. So yeah. Uh, listening to the podcast and we're going to discuss all about that project and generally just stuff to do with uh, why you should build your own projects, what sort of value it can provide for both you and other people around you and yeah, and why this hobby is so fantastic. So, <laughs> One thing, however, I should mention um, about this podcast is unfortunately we had a few issues with the audio, so um, we've had to resort to a backup file um on this so the audio quality isn't the best because it's more of a sort of skype recording but hopefully it won't affect your uh listening experience too much um and yeah sorry about that but it is a great podcast so i'm sure you're going to enjoy it anyway so let's jump into the podcast i think you're really going to love it and yeah let's talk to josh What are the the projects that you're known for um, on the forums and everything, so people can get uh, get a grips to to who you are and what sort of projects that they might have seen of yours before?
1: Sure, sure. Um, I think uh, one of the higher profile ones. I'll, I'll lead with that one, even though it's not in chronological order. Yes, yeah, sure. uh, would be the Bugatti build, uh, Bugatti 100P. Uh, I started that build. In the fall of 2016, that was my big winter project for uh, flying in 2017, and that project was uh, sponsored by Hobby King. Big shout out to them. They uh, they really delivered some high quality parts for me to, to do that project. Uh, it was completely scratch built, and uh, I did all the aerodynamic design and a lot of 3D printing and the... Uh, uh, mechanical sort of CAD work and working with a couple of machining buddies to get the Contra rotating motor to work. Yeah. Um, another project that uh, I'm known for is uh, the Sikorsky S39 built. Uh, that was back in Flight Fest 2015. And I just, I, I, that Flight Fest, I had just packed up my entire shop, put it in my car <laughs> and, uh, just parked it in a build tent for the entire duration of Flight Fest that year, which was pretty rainy. So it was kind of a smart move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, also, I also
0: had foresight then to do that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh,
1: you, you know, it, it was, it was stemming from, uh, the year before at Flight Fest where people saw my one six scale, um, SE 5A that I had made out of dollar store foam board, but I had peeled all the paper off and curved it and fully detailed it and uh, it flew and flew great and a lot of people were asking me about how I build uh, and I I thought you know it'd be really fun to show people how to build so that's that's what uh, uh, inspired the Sikorsky build. And uh, of course, I went from nothing to flying in three and a half days, 51 hours, sleeping like four hours each night, just cranking <laughs> away and being force-fed by a Viking. And <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, nice. lo-
1: lots of good stories around that build. Yeah, um, that's uh, dedication. <laughs> yeah, and let's see after that. So I, I guess my more recent build that I'm known for on the on the forum area is uh, the Corsair that I built last winter. Right. Uh, This was just a a top flight 60 size Corsair that I had purchased from another club member. And uh, he had partially built some of the wing and some of it was built incorrectly, but uh, (laughs) things that were easily corrected. But this this airplane was uh, all about the bells and whistles. It's got pretty much every gimmick you can think of and that was sort of the point uh it does not have folding wings (laughs) it does not have a uh a ruster hook just because i went with a marine scheme and the marines um the Marines removed the hydraulic systems for those and, you know, lock the wings and, you know, to help save, save weight. So uh, yeah. I, I was thinking the same because it was already becoming a portly project, but <laughs> it, it has uh, droppable 3d printable bombs. It's got obviously the retracts uh, the tail gear is fully scale and 3d printed and reinforced with carbon fiber toe. The cow flaps move the canopy slides Uh, on its own Uh, and the control stick moves as well as the rudder pedals and the throttle lever and there is an FPV camera in the cockpit embedded in the headrest so that's got a run cam swift mini and it so it has the built-in DVR so that's where my videos get uh, the in-cockpit footage from. So yeah, like I said, it's it's got all the bells and whistles. <laughs> yes, yeah. About, yeah. about yeah. nine hours and rivets. Uh, so I mean, it's not just about the gimmicks. It's fully detailed out. Uh, just, uh, yeah, just lots and lots of details. Uh, lots of different uh, little things incorporated here and there that really uh, makes me excited to share with other people about. Yeah, that
0: project. yeah. That's that's brilliant. Yeah. No, I was going to say yeah. So. Yeah you really don't go half measures on these projects so properly kit <laughs> it out to be the very most realistic that you can get And that's yeah that's quite amazing I don't I don't really think that uh, many well, I mean, lots of our community members. Obviously, they they put so much time and effort into their models, and they make them oh, absolutely. absolutely fantastic. But yeah, yeah sure. just hearing hearing about nine hours in rivets—that's quite a different <laughs> level of uh, from the average, I think. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes, uh, and and you know, people call me the the rivet man or whatever, but um, you know, it, for me, building is my therapy. It, it helps me forget all the problems in the world and all the awful things that going on. And it's just building is my passion. Of of course I can, I can fly. I'm, I always say I'm a fair pilot. Um, Mm. I I never claim to be anything other than, but it's, uh, building is my passion and you know, you, I I always tell people to approach building one technique at a time Mm. and uh, approach the entire build focusing on that one technique. And by the time you've built half a dozen airplanes, you have quite a repertoire of techniques and abilities that you've cultivated and developed. And uh, you can really start to make something truly artistic and beautiful. And, uh, you you know, I've, I've built a few more than six at this point, and I still maintain that philosophy with my current build.
0: Yeah so you say about the, the the therapy that that this can sort of you know it's your 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 downtime your kind of you know relaxation doing those rivets and everything uh, do mm-hmm. you think that that's that's like a major that's the main sort of value that you get from creating these these really epic projects
1: no no i wouldn't say that at all i i would say that uh, uh th- the main focus is uh the people mm. that i interact with the, the the rewarding part for me is when I go to an event, any event, small, big, local, not local, uh, and, and I get into a conversation with someone and they ask me, well, how did you do this and how did you do that? <laughs> and we start talking and they say, oh, well, I would have approached it this way. And I'm like, oh, that's really great. And I make a mental note and I'm like, well, maybe I should try that in my next build or my current build or how can I do that? You know, it's it's those conversations that that help you develop the human relationships, and uh, you you make new friends all the time, And, and that to me is the rewarding part, because in that way, I get to share my passion for building, not just inspiring people, but Helping them, because I I understand that some people get intimidated by these techniques when really I'm just a guy and I approach each technique with, well, yeah, this is hard, but it's only hard because I don't know how to entirely do it. But if I sit down and approach it and I try, if I just try, then it becomes easier And and I I truly believe that anybody can build a model of the very highest quality if they just take it one thing at a time.
0: Yeah, it's just those little steps building up towards something. And eventually you end up yeah doing the RC equivalent of, I don't know, a cathedral or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's how all of these great artists and designers, that's how they all start. Start with something small, a, a, a simple, you know foam board model (laughs) equivalent of and
1: yeah yeah yeah. no absolutely and i like i like i mentioned with the the se 5a foam board cannot be completely discounted for detail modeling Mm. because there's so much you can do with it uh you have to think outside of the typical flight test construction but foam board is is absolutely phenomenal and and there are people that do things with foam board within our community on the flight test forums that demonstrate that build after build. And while it's been a while since I, I've done any foam construction, uh, it's it's going to be exciting for me to get back to that medium once I get tired of balsa. And hmm. you know, I go back and forth. And <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I suppose it's like different. Again, it's like different mediums, like different paints or something like that. You know, exactly that you can exactly. you can experiment with and have different results. And right. I I think you're absolutely right when you say that you know uh, you can't just discount it as the, the beginner material in inverted commas. That you know you've got sort of uh, this material that can be sculpted in a way, and you can you can curve it even. You know, yeah. I've seen people make. Uh, compound curves with them, which is absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. I didn't know that that was a thing because you look yeah, at absolutely. The, no, the, the beginner builds. The, the...
1: With the wing yeah. fairings, uh, the fillets yeah. where the, the wing meets the fuselage on the Bugatti, I used dollar store foam board for that.
0: No way, really. Yeah, okay. I just there took you the go. paper <laughs> off
1: and because it was cheap and easy and accessible. And so, again, I was able to pinch it and squeeze it and a little bit of stretching here and there and make it, bend to the 3D structure that I wanted. But again, you're looking at a difference between more of a sculpting technique with foam as opposed to more of like a Lego construction based technique with like balsa building i mean right. that, that that's kind of a dumbed down version there's there's obviously more to it than that but uh again it's the different kinds of mentalities as you approach each, each project that you want to do mm.
0: yeah and i suppose with each project then you you as you were saying before you know you can build up those skills and you know you can you can learn different skills and things so absolutely
1: yeah, yeah i mean the Another project that I'm known for is the uh, the Gotha that was flown at Flight Fest uh, 2016 with the Gotha Gaggle. And that was so much fun just because it was, it was with friends that I knew and friends that I made along the way. But I wanted to have a go at designing something with foam board, but I wanted it to fly in a scale way. Mm. Uh, obviously, big is fun. But, you know i'm I'm I used really small typical flight test sized motors, but it the a one twelve scale uh, uh, gotha bomber translates to seventy seven inch wingspan <laughs> I mean it's it's only got like a six to eight inch wing cord, but still the span is impressive but uh, yeah. you know you know being able to fly with friends and and show that this uh uh, skin technique that rasterized on the forum he he came up with this idea about printing skins and applying them to airplanes and i thought this is fantastic more people need to see it and as i built this scale airplane i wanted to have that on the airplane and that's that's what made that happen
0: Mm. now that episode of flight test yeah that's uh one of my favorites, I think, because of the, the just how crazy it is with all those people coming together and flying quite similar airplanes, but with different yes. sort of styles. <laughs> so it's fantastic. Yeah. No, I, I wish I could have been part of that. That would have been so much fun. But <laughs> It's, it's definitely
1: at the top of a lot of the participants' memories of Flight Fests in the past. Mm. Um, even at Flight Fest Ohio this year, there were a lot of people that said, you know, that's one of my favorite memories of Flight Fest. And, you know, it's... At, that's touching but you know it it just brings us closer as friends you know not not as as modelers but as friends
0: yeah and that's that's sort of the bottom line there isn't it that that's the the point of all this in in some ways to sort of connect with other people and to create memories as joshua
1: precisely (laughs) precisely i mean i i even had a gentleman in in at flight fest texas uh just not too long ago approached me and said, Oh, you're Joshua Orchard. I said, yes, I am. Oh, I love your Gotha. I wanted to build one. And where are the plans again? And, you know, we got into this conversation and you know, I made a new friend. So it was, again, it's the gift that keeps on giving when you, when you begin to build and share your build with people, it doesn't matter who it is. You just get to share and you foster those friendships over and over again.
0: Mm, yeah, absolutely. So that's that's great. And if any, I should just say, if anyone wants to go and check out that video on the Flight Test YouTube channel, uh, then I will link it in the description so you can go and check that out after the podcast or during it, if you're sort of. Uh, want to put it on mute or something but probably just wait till afterwards anyway
1: (laughs) yeah not while you're driving if you're not while you oh yes
0: I should say that thank you for
1: for pointing that out Josh
0: (laughs) I should be doing a better job at this like reminding people not to (laughs) go on their phones whatever you're 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 just fine (laughs) (laughs) you're too kind so one question I wanted to ask you was to take on a project like say your Bugatti 100p Uh, which took hundreds of hours I assume of work Mm -hmm. what sort of mindset do you have to have to
1: take on a huge build like that um that's that's a great question um you I I I I think overall for for me when I approached that project was I I had to not be afraid to fail (laughs) um you know, we In the United States, uh, I can't speak for you in Europe, but in the United States, there is this sort of constant culture that if you fail, you are discounted or discredited, and that's just simply not the case. If you try something and fail, you learn from it, mm. and for me, when I approached the Bugatti project, I thought, you know, I'm going to try, and if I make it fly that's fantastic. If I don't, it's going to be spectacular and I'll still have <laughs> lots of stories to tell and figure out what I did wrong and I can rebuild it. Because Again, getting back to, okay, if you're a builder and you crash, that's great because you know how it went together in the first place. So you can put it back together again and fly it again. Um, but with that said, in that statement, given that there are, um, there are inherent challenges of taking on such an ambitious project like the Bugatti. There was a point where I was very discouraged. I was very, very down. And it's it's hard to maintain that motivation on your own. And it really was the... Again, the sharing of the build on the flight test forum where other people saw that I was having a hard time, and it was uh, Ben Harbor that reached out to me and said, you know, I challenged myself and was inspired by your build, and that's where the baby Bugatti came from yeah and cute that, it, yeah the cute version that's my frankly much more approachable despite people's first <laughs> initial reaction it's a twitchy little airplane yeah. but um you, you know that it was so touching that that he would share that with me and uh go out of his way to do something uh and and involve me in that process a little bit that it, it got me back on the horse and got me going again, got me excited again and realizing that I can do this. I just have to keep working at it one little thing at a time.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's what it comes down to. Just kind of problem solving, not taking it too uh, too fast or to, to take things in a way that you're, you're working on one problem at a time. Would you say that that's the kind of attitude? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean if you if you take it one thing at a time um so that's that's sort of a mixed bag too because obviously as you go along you want to have goals. If you follow along any of my build threads in the forum, I usually state, okay, well last night I did this or this past week I did this and my plan of attack next is to do this this and this. So you're you're constantly reevaluating and re uh, uh analyzing your workload based on you know the amount of time that it took you to do your current task and uh, the challenges that you're facing moving forward based on those results. So if you're constantly thinking about that, you can make smarter decisions to plan ahead uh, and not just say, well, I'm going to take one thing at a time.' You're, you're, you're setting goals for yourself for what that one thing is. Right. Yeah.
0: That's how you move forward. Interesting. Yeah. So
1: one other uh, question I
0: wanted to ask you was about sort of uh, on a technical level. Um, So we know that model aviation, RC, uh, just aviation in general, is quite a technical thing to get your head around uh, in many ways. And it requires many skills. So is would you say that, you know, for for your large projects, again, like with the Bugatti, is, is like mathematics and aerodynamics and all of that sort of stuff. Do you have to have a really detailed knowledge of that to take on a project of that magnitude?
1: Uh, a project of the Bugatti, yes. Um, there are a lot of design challenges around the Bugatti, but if you're approaching a more traditional aircraft that, say, does not have a forward swept wing, <laughs> um, that does not have a, a V-tail with an inverted vertical uh, <laughs> there there are there are things about the bugatti that make it very uh, challenging which is why you don't see arfs of it you don't see kits of it, it, it it's a it's a very challenging aircraft overall mm-hmm. uh, obviously i've shown that it's not impossible and there are other people that have also built the bugatti out there uh, but the <laughs> You know, for there, there is a certain basic level that will certainly help you. And the more, you know, the easy it will be, easier it will be.
0: Yeah. So did you have to do, I think you mentioned before you had to do some work on the aerodynamics and stuff like that. So what, what did you have to do on that
1: one? So for the aerodynamics, um, I had to read up a lot about uh, principles of forward swept wing design and basically learning about what the entire industry has learned about forward swept wing design. Um, But it's, it's fairly basic. Uh, Really the, the major takeaway for me was that you have to make sure that your torsional strength is superior to any other wing that you've ever built Uh, Mm -hmm. because the, the wings on a forward swept wing will want to twist, based on your angle of attack and more so prevalently than an aft swept wing. And if you have too much of this twist, it will just completely disintegrate the the wing in the airplane. Um, So that, that was my big takeaway. And uh, the other one was understanding the principles behind the contra-rotating design and knowing the difference between contra- and counter-rotating designs. Um, <laughs> I got a lot of debate that over one. that. <laughs> yeah, me, <laughs> yeah, me too once.
0: Yeah, I got schooled in that too once.
1: Um, but, but once I got my head wrapped around it and uh, got the thing built and then started playing with props and understanding how power input and output and drag and lots of different nuanced things about that propulsion system, I was able to nail it in the end with a system that is probably about as efficient as possible for the size. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the main issue being the air does not scale. So uh, you're, you're working with uh, air pressure waves between the propellers that uh you want to have that appropriately sized not just you know working with the diameter to have it the prop pit and diameter right for the power inputs of, of the motors it's yeah it's a little bit more complicated than that yeah um but you know being able to calculate your center of gravity is is just as easy as any other airplane but your forward sweep is a negative number instead of a positive number <laughs> Uh, but but you know being being able to understand the angle of incidence for the wing, the angle of incidence for the tail, and how those different degrees will affect your flight is uh, it's pretty important to understand how those influence and 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 get a couple of basic builds under your belt before trying to tackle something as ambitious like the Bugatti.
0: Yeah. So again, I suppose going back to the taking it one step at a time and kind of, you know, working way up to a big project or correct, a, a correct. crazy I mean, project.
1: Going, going back again, uh, you want, just to demonstrate that principle of learning, I had the, the 1.6 scale SE5A that I mentioned previously. The, the plans for that were enlarged based off of a control line model, and when I built the SE-5A, a it I did didn't even think about the wing incidence, And so when I built it and flew it for the first time and it took off and it just went straight up and did a loop and I was like, all oh, the forward pressure on the elevator I could give it and barely mustered it back to the ground. And then I realized, oh, this is set up for a control line, <laughs> not RC. So again, it's those kinds of aerodynamic design things that you sometimes have to think about more so when you're scratch building.
0: Yeah, you have to take a few sort of uh, liberties and try and sort of think outside the box a little bit and just remember everything.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, remember everything. And believe me, when you forget something, you'll know it. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) I saw a quote the other day. uh, It's from uh, Freeman Dyson, and it said something about, uh, I'm paraphrasing now, but it said that aviation is the branch of engineering which is least forgiving of mistakes.
1: I would definitely agree with that sentiment. Yeah,
0: exactly. I think a lot of people would. <laughs> so, yeah, um, talking of, you know, sketchy takeoffs and working around that kind of thing. Um, how do you go about dealing with nerves before a maiden flight? Because I imagine that, you know, having your model sit on the runway and you sort of standing there with a the transmitter, knowing how much work goes into these things, do you just have to sort of forget about, about how much work goes into these models? Or do you just sort of... Uh, panic
1: (laughs) (laughs) um i i think i'm like most everyone there is just a flood of feelings when you do a maiden on really ambitious projects um but uh i have to say that usually what i do is try to ignore all of the feelings about emotional attachment yeah to an airplane and focus on the experience at hand. Uh, If you're, even if I'm at my local flying field by myself and I'm flying a model, I think to myself, I'm here to enjoy this myself. For the Bugatti, it was very, very difficult to not think about them shutting down the entire flight line with 1500 pilots plus spectators and everybody looking at me. And really what I do all the time is just, okay, it's time to share this experience with other people. It'll be fine no matter what happens. And trust yourself to be able to read the model as best that you can to respond to it accordingly, but keeping in mind safety, uh, because really you want this to end in a good experience for everybody, and usually what I do is take one if not two very deep breaths to calm my nerves and that's really it yeah
0: that's, that's my secret
1: sauce <laughs> <laughs> well I'm
0: sure that's going to be uh of value to a lot of people because yeah I, I mean even when even when you're flying you know just a little you know might be your first sort of uh simple cub or something like that if you've just got into the hobby mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 all about kind of taking a step back uh taking leave of your senses and <laughs> and yeah. taking that step into the air and
1: getting and, and don't get me wrong it's it's not an easy thing to put in the back of your mind because yeah your adrenaline's running you've got You know, what if I crash this? Oh my gosh, my wife is going to kill me because (laughs) I spent so much money. Uh, (laughs) there's, There's just this flood of things that does go through your brain. But at the same time, really, why are you in this hobby? Are you doing it for fun for yourself or are you doing it for fun because you have so many wonderful friends? And I think for the vast majority of people within the flight test community, it's the latter.
0: Definitely. I would completely agree with that <laughs> yeah so I, maybe I shouldn't bring this up but have you had any incidents before where one of your uh your scratch builds that you've worked a long a long time on has actually uh gone into the ground or anything like that
1: oh absolutely <laughs> <laughs> I thought that I feared that that would be the answer but I <laughs> didn't want to <laughs> It's a hobby, and it is part of the hobby, and it happens to every single pilot. Uh, Do you want to hear that story? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) Now you've teased me a bit. (laughs) Uh, So this was was years ago, um, back when I first started getting back into the hobby. I knew that I wanted to do uh, a, a really scale model, and the model that I chose was very, very obscure but had extremely beautiful lines, it's a World War One fighter trainer out of uh, Sweden. It's called the O-1, and the O has got a little umlau over it, O-1 Tumalisa. Very unusual biplane that has elliptical wingtips. Oh, okay. I've seen rounded wingtips, and I've seen squared-off wingtips, but this one had elliptical wingtips. Hmm. Very, very unusual. Very short nose, uh, coupled airplane that... Uh, The reason it was called the Tumulisa was because uh, it's the female counterpart to the story in Sweden about Little Tom Thumb, and she had a tendency to be clumsy and roll over on her back, and that's why they called it the Tumulisa, because it would land and it would roll over on its back. But it it was an extremely safe airplane, uh, and during its entire duration of service, it did not kill a single pilot. So again, lots of really interesting history around it. Anyway, I took this airplane after building it for nine months, fully scaled out, uh, even uh, cladded the the nose of the airplane with copper to uh, simulate the copper fuel tank on the front of this airplane. Wow. And I took it to an event here in Maryland and they had a nice paved runway. Well, I didn't want to take off on the paved runway because I had never done that before. And I had only flown this airplane once before and it was underpowered and I had put a new motor in it. So I'd never flown it under this power system, but I was confident in it and I knew it would fly. So I took off from the grass and it took off just fine. And then all of a sudden the, the tail started to sag. And this is all within you know one or two seconds. Take off, the tail sags, the left wing dips. Of course, I'm on the far side of this paved runway which then causes the airplane to begin a barrel roll and then completely nose plants into the paved runway. Oh, and let me ouch. tell you, when you crash a very lightweight World War I model into very hard surface, the the wood liquefies. <laughs> <laughs> it just looked like... The the airplane turned liquid on the complete front end and it bifurcated the fuselage and uh, completely destroyed the cowl. But I put it all in a trash bag and brought it home and sat on it for about uh, six weeks. Opened up the bag, started putting parts back together, had it back together in about another three months. Oh, nice. So, so... and. That's she to has them. she has flown brilliantly since then, and I I I still have that model in my garage. Oh, that's fun.
0: that's a great end to the story. Then <laughs> yeah. I thought it was going to be a very sad way to
1: end Yeah, there. and of course, you know, <laughs> I had all the ooh whenever it crashed. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's it's again part of the hobby, and and I learned a valuable lesson of always check your center of gravity. Always, 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 always. and always. that's that's yeah. that was the problem. It was tail heavy. Oh. It's a shame. Yeah.
0: Okay. Anyone listening to this, just remember, do, do it because we told you to on this podcast. Next time you're out <laughs> of the field, just absolutely triple check that center of gravity. Even if you've done it, even if you've already done it, remember what we're telling you now. Go and yeah. check it again.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I still do. Uh, you know, every, yeah. every model I, for I still get out to the field and at least once, you know, I get to the field, I'm about to fly. I will still check my center of gravity. It takes about two seconds with the fingertips, and it's. It, I would rather do it than not.
0: Yeah, it's it's probably one of the most critical. I mean, obviously there's there's things like reversing your ailerons or elevator or whatever, but yeah, well, yeah check the, your crap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely, but yeah, it's definitely one of the the easiest ones to check and the most critical, if you want to put it like that. Um yeah. a successful flight because i i've had it before where you take off it's tail heavy it stays in the air but it's a terrible flight experience (laughs) trying to get it back down again it is the (laughs) worst i've seen i've seen even worse on youtube videos and i just feel so sorry for the pilots
1: yeah tail heavy you, planes man yeah you just you you really feel for them it's it's an agonizing experience to watch yeah. someone try to fly a tail heavy airplane and when they're trying to bring it down whatever they can and then they just uh it yeah. usually doesn't end well <laughs> yeah usually no. you know, I, I always say i i hate to see an airplane crash but i never want to miss one <laughs> no, I,
0: that is like, I i tell you what i'm gonna steal that Sorry. But... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> no, It's a bit of a uh, bittersweet thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, I suppose that um, as we've sort of been talking about, each one of these experiences um, are, you know, a learning experience at the end of the day. And, you know, you just have to sort of keep on growing and keep on going with your, your projects, building more advanced, bigger, better sort of, uh, better flying aircraft and yeah it's that's all what it's what it's about and sharing those experiences with others
1: yeah yeah I, really? I, it, the the current build that i have is um sponsored by horizon hobby all oh, right and it's their uh hangar 9 p47 20 cc arf but i am completely stripping it down and um you, you know in these scale masters top gun events you see these beautiful airplanes that are covered in this aluminum that is just so perfectly scale Mm. and after all my looking and researching i could not find a single location to consolidate all of the techniques and even some things that i feel like are missing from them and i thought you know what this is a new technique i'm gonna learn it and i'm gonna share it with everybody And that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm posting all of my progress on the flight test forum and on RC groups. But uh, it's it's really about sharing your knowledge with other people and say, you know what, this is awesome. This is super fun. You should try it, too.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I've seen some of your uh, your posts on that. I'm definitely going to be linking that down in the description of this podcast. Again, so <laughs> if you're driving, don't look at it right now, but do it <laughs> once you've parked or pull over or something like that, and then have a look at it, but yeah, no, that's cool. I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing that uh, project come to life, and uh, yeah, I uh, wish you the best of luck on it.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Thank it'll you. It'll, great. Uh, it'll It'll be a very fun winter build project. Very, yeah. very fun. Yep,
0: yeah, and winter is coming now, chaps, so got to uh, get those projects underway this is the perfect time to start your own epic scratch build so yeah yes. pick a project and go for it <laughs> brilliant all right josh well i think that's just about it do you want to um let the listeners know about where they can see your stuff um i think you have a youtube channel don't you
1: yes i have a youtube channel uh just my name joshua orchard um you can always find my builds on the flight test forums, either in the Mad Scratch Builder section or the Balsa Builder Breakers. My name on the forum is Wilson Man with two L's and uh, same name on RC Groups as well. You can see some of my really old stuff before we had a flight <laughs> test forum. And, um, yeah, that's probably the best way to uh, to find my stuff. You can always email me at my name at gmail.com.
0: Awesome. Yeah. You can ask uh, questions on a one-to-one basis. That's yeah, absolutely. You share yeah. your knowledge personally like that. That's great.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Happy to have people reach out to me. I uh, It's again, one of my favorite aspects of the hobby is answering people's questions and talking because I never know when I'm going to be inspired by someone else. And uh, it's, it's really rewarding to do so. Yeah, absolutely. That's
0: great. Awesome. So yeah, thanks again for being on Josh. And, yeah absolutely. yeah. hope to have you on again soon sometime.
1: I would love it. Thank you.
0: Okay, so that was the flight test podcast this week. Thank you very much for listening, and thanks again to Josh for joining us. It was uh, lovely to catch up uh, with with Josh on this and I really hope that you enjoyed our conversation. In two weeks' time, when we return to our uh, usual schedule um, of uh, bi-weekly episodes, we will be talking to Nick Lechner, who creates some amazing high-speed and highly detailed aircraft Um, so yeah another one about uh, ultimate scratch build projects um, you know stuff to get you inspired to get you behind your uh, build tables, building things and sharing them with the flight test community so yes um, I'm looking forward to sharing that with you soon and we can hang out then and talk about some more aviation topics, alright thanks very much for listening and yeah we'll catch you soon bye